The following is a hoop ball presentation. Listen, we're going to start this thing by just saying it was a two and zero weekend, right? Was indeed. It was indeed a win is a win is a win. Okay, it was a it was a two and zero weekend. But I almost feel worse about this two and zero weekend than I did about the one and one previous weekend. And I, you know, scheduling quirks be damned. But anyway, we'll get into it. Uh, welcome to Ball in Ball Out, everybody. Dan Baspers, Eli Bauman, with you from West Los Angeles. We are not currently covered in smoke, although we could be at a moment's notice. Uh, everybody okay in your clan? Everyone's okay. Everyone is okay. We're either south or north of the action. So that's so, good. <laughs> at least for now. I mean, yeah. the Lord knows where this is going. Um, well, the wind shifted over the weekend, and I don't know about you're you're not terribly far south of us here, but we got covered. There was ash at the doorstep. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't yeah. like fire, but we the air. We did too on Saturday. I think was the bad day. It was yeah. either Friday or Saturday. I forget. Yeah. And I know it's silly for me to complain about how horrible my sinuses have been because people are actually being engulfed in flames. But <laughs> how my sinuses? Yeah, I'm a frail individual, uh, but it's bad down here. Anyway, I'm glad that. Uh, well, Eric's not on the pod, but he's out towards the coast. Uh, do we know if everybody's okay in the Noble Clan? Everyone's okay. We're all alive and okay. Good. You know, excellent. Getting by. Watching Laker games. That's watching what we're Laker games. Um. Okay. So. 2-0 weekend, really nice game in Sacramento. Really, I think best best of the year? No, maybe that Portland game was better, but we're trending trending upward. It seemed like we had turned a corner. <laughs> I was two steps forward to take a couple steps back with yeah, Sunday's MC game. Yeah, cat style. Oh, my God, that Sunday Paul game. Abdul. Do you want to talk about the the bad first and then the good? I'm, I don't know what I, makes sense. I thought sense you were going to say, do you want to talk about that very confusing uh, music video where Paula Abdul and a cartoon, <laughs> a rapping cat, had like a lot of sexual tension? Because I do want to talk about that. I kind of um, do want to yeah, talk about that, too. Let's... Uh, I'll start wherever you want to start. I'm uh, I'm flexible. I don't have uh, I don't have a, a distinct plan on this. I, I'd like to start with bad and then work towards good as sort of an optimistic ending, but chronologically that also doesn't make sense. So maybe we just start with Sacramento and talk about the Great. fact that the Lakers just whooped them start to finish, just beat them in every facet of the game, and that was kind of a weird thing because they'd sort of only done that against Phoenix, and Phoenix was far and away. The worst, worst team. Phoenix in the NBA. is trying. Phoenix literally gift wrapped us uh, one of their better players, which I think gives you a a good indication of where uh, Phoenix is at yeah. right now. And Sacramento um, wanted to win. I mean, this is like this is a rivalry game for them. They've been playing good yeah. basketball. They were this sort of upstart team. They were playing really fast, and everybody's like, "Oh, damn, Sacramento's for real." And uh, Lakers just beat the hell out of them. Special shout out. Um, and this has really always been true of of laker fans but really special shout out to the lakers contingent in sacramento who really were and i mean this in a complimentary way uh obnoxious as hell and uh they really just never stopped <laughs> trying to turn the arena into staples center um a lovely arena by the way eric and i went there for summer league and um yeah just special shout out to them um and also, a special shout-out for the Lakers for uh, demonstrating this new thing, and I want to make sure I pronounce it correctly. Mm, it's, uh, a, it's a French defense? word. It's defense a, yeah. or defense? I'm not sure because uh, I hadn't seen it up to this point. But yeah. they defended their asses off 
for 48 minutes, basically, minus minus like a brief period of time where De'Aaron Fox just like looked like he was going to Temple of Doom rip our hearts out in the second quarter. Luckily, there were two additional quarters, and he was less Temple of Doomy after halftime. He was. He kind of Wiggins to the second half. Yay! That's I. Li- I think I want to use that on all future podcasts. If you just disappear for half, it does work. It's it does work. Um, I mean, it's evergreen. From a player, from a personnel standpoint, in that game, there weren't. It wasn't like any one guy jumped out in a big. I thought it was one of LeBron's best games of the year. Me which too. Is nice. I was going to say, you know, and obviously. <laughs> Obviously, he's being paid as such and reputation as such, but I thought it was a, a pretty dominant all-around uh, LeBron performance. He was good. He was, he was, it was easy for him. Uh, yeah. He attacked more often, which was kind of nice. That's going to be one of my big complaints when we talk about the Atlanta game a bit more. But yes. like finally, and this is a weird thing to, to talk about with LeBron, is efficiency. But he has not actually been that efficient this year by his standards. Which, by his standards, yeah. which are you know obviously, yeah, it's like you know complaining high standard. Yeah, for for a Dodger fan over, it's like complaining that Clayton Kershaw had a two point seven ERA this year. And right, right. But but it it is a pretty steep fall off. This is the his lowest shooting percentage. And you know we're only thirteen games into the season, but it's his lowest since his first year back in Cleveland. I suppose there is a little bit of a tie-in there. But, you know, the last three years, he was at 52, 55, and 54% from the field. Uh, and he's at 50 so far with the Lakers. And it's, yeah, he's attempting uh, about one additional three-pointer per game, which could play a role in that because he's not the world's greatest three-point shooter. Um, but it just seems like... I don't. I don't know, Eli. Are you? I don't. There are times where I feel like he could probably get himself an easier shot, and just feels like maybe he'd rather kind of ease into this season a little more. Uh, uh, yeah, he he's had a very weird season so far. Um, I would say, other than Brandon Ingram, who uh, punched a man in the face, like, <laughs> or I guess, yeah, tried like tried to jump in and punch a man in the face. Yeah, Rondo, I think we kind of expected that from. Uh, LeBron has had a very weird basketball season. He, he's been good, but I agree with you. There was a couple times, and we'll get to the Hawks game, but there were a couple times where Vince Carter was guarding him, and he like barely tried to get around Vince, forty-one-year-old Vince Carter, and you're like, I know that he can. It's like, what is he doing? It does seem like he's really taking it easy. He's certainly taking it easy on defense where he literally, I tried to send you this clip. <laughs> I, uh, I ended up seeing it on kicked, Twitter. Kicked his leg out uh, like at De'Aaron Fox as he whizzed by, <laughs> uh, which was just, I mean, if, if, it were, if it were James Harden, that would have been on the internet, you know, for, for three weeks. Um but you know he's just he's just been kind of all over the map. Um, LeBron has, and yeah, he just see, he seems like he's in first gear still, which I guess on the bright side means like his first gear is still pretty damn good. And if he's gonna get into fifth gear, then like the rest of this league should look out because he'll be really scary. Yeah, I I believe that there is more, that there are additional gears here. I guess that would be the only discussion. Like, is there a possibility that 
maybe he doesn't have the higher gear anymore, but I think we'd be getting way ahead of ourselves to get into that one. He's he's shown flashes of it. Like he ran a break with Lonzo this last game where he really got he sprinted down the court and he got a huge dunk in. And, uh, you know, the Carl Anthony Towns game where he blocked a bunch of shots, it's in there. I think he's just really, really budgeting his energy uh, to some extent on both sides of the court. He, he, when he's driving to the hoop, he's not kind of bullying his way through people as much as we're accustomed to. Yeah, and it even happened a little bit, you know, we're talking about how good he played in that or how, how solid overall he was in that Sacramento game. He did it a couple of times in that one, too. Uh, maybe we forget it because they went in a little bit more in that one, but he had, I think he was being guarded by Nemanja Bialica, who looks like somebody built a snowman upside down. <laughs> <laughs> and it was the same thing. It was like jab step and then that hardened leaping sideways step back three. And he hit a couple of them in that game. So it was sweet. He missed them all in the Atlanta game and it was less sweet. But I, I yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, like if you can't beat an upside down snowman, then what's the point? So, yeah, there needs to be, I think, and it's weird for us to be complaining about LeBron James because he still made this team uh, un- so much better than they were in the past. Yes. But we all know what he can do when he's at max capacity, and it's pretty obvious when he's not. So then there's this like, hey, why aren't you why aren't you doing what we are fully aware you can do? And I, yeah. guess, I guess for him it's just like, look, all I want to do is make sure we get into the playoffs and then I'll do whatever I have to. He's probably right. I mean, he's probably he's definitely earned the benefit of the doubt. Um, he's never had a major injury in his entire career, and he's certainly played a lot of minutes. So, you know, I think I think we all have to kind of defer to him. I will say too um, that he the things that he's doing well so far this season, he's doing extraordinarily well. His passing is spectacular. Um, he's putting people in the right positions to succeed. He's building, clearly building relationships uh, and rapport with a lot of guys on the team, most notably Kuzma and Lonzo and, uh, and Josh Hart, which are guy fundamental pieces of this team. Um, so, I mean, I'm big picture wise. I'm not particularly worried unless this is indicative of the mileage finally creeping up to him. But you know, when you look back, he's always been a slow starter and a fast finisher. So I'm hoping that just continues. There are a few things about his year so far that have jumped out and surprised me a little bit from a positive standpoint. And that is number one, uh, these are the fewest minutes he's played per game since uh, I think his rookie season, actually. I think you have to go back to 2004. And it's not by a ton, admittedly. His. Uh, Second year back in Cleveland, he was about about 40 seconds more per game than he is right now. But as of this exact moment, he's averaging under 35 minutes per game. And that's the lowest, I think, of his career. So uh, I don't know if that's going to hold all season, but that's what's happening right now. So that's a good thing for his well-being. Uh, his turnovers are the lowest they've been since 2012 at just 3.2. Um, and his free throw shooting, which not great at the end of a ball game right now is actually the best it's been since 2013. I, know, I saw that. <laughs> I saw that and I was like, are we sure that that's the right stat? Because <laughs> clearly it's, uh, you know, when we, when you're focused on it, it's been dreadful. I thought it was very interesting in this last game. There was a, 
a technical foul and Kuzma took the the technical foul shot. And it was in the fourth quarter. It was a high pressure situation and Kuzma went up and drained it. Um, but I was like, that is that is very interesting that LeBron was basically like, you do it. Yeah. Um, you know, clearly he doesn't feel comfortable. I saw he had a quote that was like, I'm not in, you know, rhythm yet, which is interesting to me to think of um, free throws as a rhythm shot. But uh, once again, he knows better than we do what's going on with him. And, uh, you know, we're over 500, so I'll take it. Yeah, I know. We're doing a lot of complaining, but the, I, I, it, I hope that people that listen to complaining. Yeah, if that, if that exists. Yeah, I think it does. I think people that listen to this podcast often enough know that we're generally a pretty optimistic bunch. And this is just kind of like, look, we're aware that there's this additional room for this team to get to. So to be a little bit dissatisfied yeah. with like a one point skin of your teeth Tyson Chander crazy block win over the Hawks. That's not that crazy. I think we have every right to be a little bit annoyed at how that game went. So oh, we anyway. do. And it, we, we do. Uh, to me, it's like, to me, there's just a healthy mix of both. Like that's, I'm like positive and negative about the, at the same time, because really all of these games have had, especially since, since they've started kind of turning it on, certainly since they've had Tyson Chandler, um, there's been like a lot of positive things to take away, but like enough negative things to take away that um, I'm both kind of annoyed, but also like very hopeful about the future. Because I'm just like basically, if you look back at every single game, either the bench or the starters play well, and I think with the exception of that second Trailblazers game. The bench and the starters are, have never played particularly well at the same time. I mean, you just look look plus minus wise at this um, Sacramento game. It's like all of the starters are plus two, plus two, uh, minus two. They're just basically neutral. And then Rondo's plus seventeen. Lance was plus twelve. I thought Lance was actually huge in that game. KCP, who's been playing a lot better recently, yeah. Um, was plus 14. Josh Hart was plus 16. It's like that, that's that game. And then if you want to look at uh, the Atlanta game, which I am, which I don't, but we should, but just, just for comparison's sake. And I of course cannot bring it up at the moment. Um, but it was essentially the exact reversal of that. All of our bench guys were like pretty like it minuses in the teens and all of our starters were pluses in the teens. So you figure if we can just have everyone decide that they're going to play pretty well on the same day, um, <laughs> we're going to start blowing some of these teams out, which is really what I, I could use just one like step on the neck crush crushing of one of these teams. Yeah, it would have been nice to do that to Atlanta. I guess, you know, you get you cut a little back slack. Back, yeah, right. a tough travel game. But yeah, it was there was a stretch in that game where it, it was it was like right right around the beginning of the fourth quarter. The Lakers looked like they had basically opened it up for a win. Weren't they up like 15 at the quarter yeah, break? Yeah, and that's, and that's what's annoying about it. The The only thing that gives me real concern is like, why does this team not have killer instinct? Like, is it because they're just young and, and that's part of growing pains is getting that killer instinct? That's my guess. But it is slightly troubling that every time we've had a lead, we've let people back in. And talking about like, you know, relative garbage teams. 
you know, Dallas, Atlanta, like these are not heavy hitting teams. It's one thing to do against, you know, Portland, but, uh, or San Antonio, but these are, these are games that we should be putting away. And, um, yeah, we're just not capable of doing that at the moment. And, and particularly LeBron who can't stop missing free throws. (laughs) That was going to be my point there. I, I think, uh, I almost can say the entire reason people can continually work their way back into the game is that when the Lakers go to the foul line, one out of two is feeling like a best-case scenario these days. Yeah. So teams are just like, yeah, whatever, you know, no easy buckets kind of thing. Once we get to the fourth quarter, we're going to slow this thing down. Fine, LeBron, you get to the line. Cool, like give it to JaVale. You can send him to the line. And uh, we're going to come down and we're we feel pretty good about scoring on you. And so then they just inch their way back into the game. The Lakers decide, nah, you know what? We're just going to take some threes now because we're tired of missing free throws. And then all of a sudden it's a ball game again. And I have I have serious, serious beef with uh, LeBron's performance in this Hawks game. And at the same time, the Lakers still won it. So that was sort of a good, kind of good with bad thing that you were talking about where we're like sort of positive in our negativity. Right. LeBron well, took yeah. so many bad shots in that game yesterday. So so many bad ones and so many bad ones where he just almost like ran down the shot clock and then just took a lazy Yeah, just stood there. Step back. It's uh, it, like I'm not sure what's going on. I mean, certainly that's not like the play that's getting drawn up. So it's just that part is a little bit confusing. I do think that one um and hats off to you uh because, like, I, I've seen that Brooke Lopez has basically hit, like, seven threes and eight threes in consecutive <laughs> games. I do love and, Brooke. And you look at the, you look at the way the, the floor is spread there in Milwaukee where Giannis basically has a completely open lane to go wherever he wants because Brooke Lopez is drawing out the, the shot blocker. And um, it's just... we particularly our two go-to guys, I would say our two best scorers who are LeBron and Ingram are really like settling for a lot of shots. They're settling Ingram settling for a lot of long twos and LeBron is settling for a lot of very long threes. And I think that's partially because even though McGee and Chandler have both been awesome for us way above any expectations we could reasonably have Neither of them draws anyone outside of the paint. No. I mean, so, they are they are camped down there the entire time. And Brooke Lopez, you know, whatever his problems were for us last year, you know, you really had to respect him out of the three-point line. So um, he's averaging three threes a game this year for Milwaukee. Crazy. Yeah. What's his percentage? Do you know? Uh, I can be over 40. I can look it up. It'll just take me a moment. Oh, he don't, is don't at, worry about it. I uh, think like, no, you're right. 40. It's got to be 40. Something. Yeah. 41.9. Uh, yeah. Amazing. We could, use, we could use a guy like that. Averaging 3.2 rebounds. And so everybody's going to be like, well, he's, you know, he's not doing anything on that end, but I'm telling you, man, box out artists. These guys go a long way. Underrated. Well, it's also, it's, it, it is hard to rebound the ball when you're 24 feet away from the basket, which he is now almost 90% of the time. Yeah, but he's, so, you know, he does a good job. He's actually still kind of a rim. He's averaging 1.8 blocks a game out there. So he's right. right. He's, and, uh, and Giannis is getting like 15 rebounds a game. So yeah. they're, they're just they're doing just fine over there. It's the Russell Westbrook model, basically, of have your big guy go box somebody out 
and then let the guy that can get it up the court the quickest go get it. It's uh, like Steven Adams would probably average about 25 <laughs> rebounds a night on any right. other basketball team, but Russ takes nine of them in Oklahoma right. City well, every game. Well, Russ is also don't don't be too don't give Russ too much credit for being high-minded. Russ is basically just trying to pad his stats. And congratulations, it worked for him because he won a very undeserved MVP because he averaged a, a triple-double. But I mean, he is the biggest rebound poacher in the league. Oh yeah, no question. It's not even there's even though hats off to LeBron who poached a, a rebound from Lonzo in this last game, <laughs> uh, which is too bad because I have the over for LeBron uh, Lonzo's rebounding, um, season long rebounding uh, stats. So oh, what was not, the, what was the mark appreciated at? in the ba- in the Bauman house? What was the what was the over under for that? Like five and a half? Yeah, five and a half. Oh, that was a that was a guess. Uh, I'm very happy though with Lonzo's 11. Uh, I, okay, so should we should we move on to the Hawks game? Uh, is yes. there anything else? I guess the last thing I wanted to mention in the Sacramento game is that you know as we were talking about earlier, De'Aaron Fox kind of torched us in the first half, and then I guess talked a lot to the bench, and then we basically shut him down the entire second half. And I do appreciate that kind of thing, just from a competitive standpoint that. Clearly, Luke and the guys were like, we are not going to let this dude torch us in the second half. Yeah, because the rest of these guys kind of suck. Yeah, and just like uh, and just as as a the principle of the matter, you know, like De'Aaron Fox, though, I think he's really good, has not earned the right to be screaming over at our bench that no one can guard him, which is apparently what he yelled at the bench. (laughs) <laughs> so uh it turns out a bunch of guys could guard him yeah uh in the second half and uh that thread actually does apply to the atlanta game because um i think brandon ingram deserves a lot of credit in this regard yep. he's been yep. willing to step up and try to guard the opposing team's guy that's creating the most havoc whatever that guy has been you know, he he was in charge of Trey Young for long stretches in that game yep. yesterday, and that's a weird matchup for Ingram, who's uh, what is he like six ten with an eight foot wingspan? He's got those go go gadget arms, at least. <laughs> but Trey Young's like five eight and fast as lightning, <laughs> and that's a that's a really tough matchup. I thought uh, so. I have two I have two things on this. Number one, I really like the fact that Ingram. For sure, he's asking to get put on that guy, right? You don't. This doesn't happen every night unless he's like, let for, me at him. For sure, for sure. Uh, the other side of that that I wasn't super thrilled with was that Lonzo got taken out a couple of times. I know. I don't know. I, yeah. I felt like they were blaming him for what Trey Young was doing when clearly it was other guys over rotating. Because after the bucket goes in, you can see this look on Lonzo's face, like when he goes past you, you follow him, and then I'll right. drop back, and then if we communicate. I'll, we can switch back again. And then it happened with LeBron guarding somebody else on like three plays later. And then Tyson Chandler was magically in the ballgame after that. So I, it was probably JaVale McGee, but somehow Lonzo got caught up in that substitution mess despite having yeah. a really nice ball game. My only thought was that for, because I had the exact same thought. I was like, I was like, Lonzo's our best. I still think Lonzo's our best defender, um, certainly on ball defender. And. My only guess, because you're right, it happened right after that sequence of events where Lonzo was chasing the guy around, chasing the guy around, Trey Young around. Then Trey Young went under the basket like Steve Nash. And then homeboy JaVale McGee and Tyson Chandler would come out and help, you know, with uh, 
with Trey Young and leave his guy wide open. Um, and that happened over and over and over again and basically allowed them back in the game. But it definitely isn't Lonzo's fault. And my guess is that the reason why they did that is because it changed the like screening rotation system. Like they were gonna they were gonna try to pick on someone else or whatever, you know, have a different matchup. Um that's my my best guess because I thought that was arguably Lonzo's best game of the season all around. I just thought he played his ass off. He was plus fourteen. He had eight points, six boards, eleven assists, um, a steal, a block. He he hit two for two of three from three point. He somehow made two of two from the line. Yeah, and he that was, was something really active on defense. Um, and not an easy matchup. So I really, uh, yeah, I just want him to finish one of these games, just uh, even just for confidence. I think they went, and maybe I'm misremembering this, I, I think they went point guardless for a few minutes in the fourth quarter, right? Where there was no Rondo. They replaced Rondo. him with Josh Hart, yeah. Yeah, um, so that, I think that had, I think you're right then, because at that point they were like, look, if we can't, if Brandon Ingram is going to guard Trey Young, then we need to get offense into the game but there's sort of no point in having Lonzo out here anymore because LeBron is going to be the quarterback or Ingram's going to be the quarterback. Uh, Lonzo, you're sort of expendable in this point. But yeah, I mean, he he was playing his I tail off. And, def- I just love his defense. Yeah, I know. I, I feel like they, ah, the matchup with some of the other guys would have been weird. You could have left him on like a Kent Bazemore. I know he's got the height advantage, but Baze isn't taking Lonzo into the post. I don't know. They had a plan. I didn't see it exactly i liked the the base of the plan which was put ingram's insane arms on him but then yeah i like that too the the offshoots of that plan which resulted in lonzo being on the bench i was less a fan of but you know what they survived uh because tyson chandler rondo what yeah at least it wasn't rondo agreed i think we can all come i think we can all come together on that one uh tyson chandler looks like he's about 11 years younger all of a sudden it's awesome. Someone made a very good point, which is that um, he's 36, but he hasn't. He's had about three years, or however he's been on Phoenix, of like almost no mileage on his body. He has barely played uh, more than 20 minutes or 15, 20 minutes since he's been there. So, if it's possible to be a younger 36. Um, also, he's probably, you know, cares a lot more right now. Yeah, for sure. Than he has for a couple of years, but it, it's, you know, he's basically had two years of rest. Yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. He played uh, a combined 93 games over the last two seasons. Uh, so that's like barely over one season, and he did it in two. And there wasn't any playoff games blended in there that could right. It's like no it. high, no high intensity minutes no and and if you watch those phoenix games which i did because i was constantly like i wonder if i could pick this guy up for fantasy and just use him for his 11 rebounds a night which i did uh (laughs) he was not trying on defense either so it was like camping out near the rim right padding rebound totals outlet passes and that was it that was it well why would you try when it's just dragon bender and marquise chris just (laughs) olaying whoever they're guarding Oh, you know, like who brutal. wants that? Brutal! Oh my god, that so, poor what, franchise. So you can go twenty-two and sixty. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. No, completely. I agree. Point. I agree. There's no. There's no point. Like Derrick Rose is one of the few players. I was like, I got to worry about other stuff beyond basketball. And I'm sure Tyson was thinking the same thing. Like they're gonna, they're gonna trade me one of these damn years, and I'm gonna be healthy when it happens. 
Uh, so couldn't you know, have worked out better. I was gonna say could not have worked out better. Because <laughs> we'll he, he in two games, two games with the Lakers or three, three now, three. Yeah, I mean he already has the signature play of the season so far. Two of them. I mean almost. that block. That block. Yes, that's a good point. Um, I mean that block is one of the best in-game blocks I can remember, at least regular season. Um, you know, obviously it's not that high stakes to win game number 13 against the Atlanta Hawks. But, you know, Trey Young was going to make that shot. I mean, that shot was dropping right through. And Tyson got way up for it. I mean, that is a that is a block shot that I say three guys in the league get um, when you combine, like, athleticism, height, and positioning. Um, and we have maybe two of those guys. I mean, certainly, <laughs> yeah. one, certainly one of those guys. I feel like JaVale could physically do it, but probably would have been like a step behind realizing that that's where he was supposed to be. Yeah, that, that would have been the question with JaVale for sure. He might have been guarding somebody at the three-point line and lost. I, I do like watching... This is a, unrelated, I guess. I love watching JaVale check into the game, take two puffs off the inhaler, and whip it back towards the bench. It's like the, <laughs> it's like the toughest anyone could ever look taking hits off an inhaler that's so true <laughs> and after that going so true you and i went to the same high school and and elementary school and we've seen plenty of kids take hits off inhalers they do not look as tough as javel mcgee no they're mostly small jews <laughs> yeah pretty much i feel as though it's the one bullet i dodged in this world is i don't actually have asthma <laughs> so g- good for me uh yeah so yeah i mean end of the day atlanta was actually pretty pleased because they want to lose and they were competitive in doing so the yes. Lakers, the lakers were pleased because they want to win and they looked terrible and still managed to actually get to that point yes uh don't think the lakers could have possibly turned the ball over any more often than they did but no. i mean the, sloppy uh, sloppy sloppy ugly ugly game and the one thing that's eaten at me out of all of this is and we've already complained about LeBron step back threes enough. So maybe the two things is the free throw shooting. How can this team, how can we be back here again? We're here again. This is the, we were right in this spot a year ago where no one could make a damn free throw. And it's, it's no better. It might even be worse because the, the three free agents, three of the four free agents that are actually playing right now are all bad foul shooters. And somehow you're right. Lance Stevenson has actually been kind of reliable. What the hell's happening in this universe? I have no idea. I think if Shaq's available, maybe we just sign him and just have the worst free throw shooting you could possibly assemble. There's almost no one on our team um, that I feel particularly confident about. I guess if I, if a gun to my head, if I had to pick, I could only even find three guys on the entire roster right now that I would feel even marginally confident about in an end of game scenario. It's KCP yep. who I don't want on the court at the end of the game. Lance Stevenson, who I don't want on the court at the end of the game and Kuzma. Um, and even him, it's a lot to ask, I guess like Josh Hart, but Josh Hart really isn't shooting them that well. So no. um, it's just a conundrum. It's and I really don't know rough. How to solve it? It's really rough. I mean, it tells you a lot when the guy you send to the line on a technical is a seventy-one percent free throw shooter in his career. 
That's, and you're like, oh, good. I'm glad it's not yeah, LeBron. I'm glad, glad it's not, not the second best player of all time. It's Svi. It's right. It's Svi, I think, is our guy at this point. Even he bricked two. Yeah, he bricked two in garbage time. Oh, uh, we're done. the Sacramento game. We're cooked. Bring in Corver. He's 0 for 2. How long until Corver's bought out? Can we bring him uh, in yet? Probably soon. Just to take some technicals? Though I don't think Cleveland's going to try to do us any favors like uh, James Jones did with Phoenix. What? Come on. Like, Dan Gilbert is a very forgiving man. Very forgiving. Very forgiving. <laughs> uh, the, the, the guy of all of these guys that drives me nuts the most is Ingram because Ingram is definitely our best like mid-range shooter. And if you want to think about it this way, the free throw free throws are just a mid-range shot. Yeah, unguarded mid-range shot. It's an unguarded mid-range shot. You know, maybe he should just do like a turnaround or come off a screen and <laughs> yeah. shoot his free throw. Like pump uh, fake, do a pump fake and then jab step and then take the free throw. Yeah, because he's definitely got to be, I don't have it in front of me, but I bet his percentage from like 15 to 18 is contested is better than his percentage of free throws. His free throw um, percentage is not good. Yeah, it's 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 not good. Is he in um, the 60s? Where yeah, is he at ahead. right now? Yeah, sixty nine seven. All right, so he's closing in on seventy. Yikes. Yeah. So, you know, once again, trying to be trying to be positive. I'm gonna give some. I'm gonna harken back to our old ball in uh, gimmick and give a a couple of of balls in. Nice. To, Put them all in to, to some storylines. I don't want to get lost in the shuffle here. Okay. Uh, one has been a season long thing, but I thought he was. I thought this particularly bailed us out in the Hawks game, which is Kyle Kuzma's cutting, which also sounds like a show on HT, HGTV. <laughs> but uh, Kyle Kuzma moves without the ball almost as well as anyone else in the league. Yeah, really uh, well for a second-year guy. It's crazy. He he has a nose for yeah. it. And like does it in a way I think a, a, a lot of guys now move well off the ball trying to get open for threes like you think of Steph or Clay mm -hmm. or JJ Redick or those kinds of guys but you don't really see as many just slashers Yeah you're oh um, you're, you're so right yeah you see a lot of guys kind of like hiding behind screens to get open from outside Kuz is going straight to the hole every time straight to the hole and there were a couple where we were just stuck in the mud and LeBron found him I thought Lonzo found uh, Kuzma cutting a couple really nice passes. Um, and that is, the that is for a guy who really doesn't do a lot of the little things on defense, Kuzma does a lot of the little things on offense. He's almost always in the right spot. He crashes the boards. He, um, you know, bails out bad plays a lot. Um and not for nothing, but his defensive energy has improved, whether or not it's translated into general competence. Well, playing the He's, four has been much has been helpful for him, not having to guard centers, yeah. thank God. Yeah, and I do think he's a little bit pissed. He's playing like a guy who's pissed off that he is targeted in the pick and roll every single time. Yes. Um, as he should be. He should be pissed off, but he, he at least is seeming to be willing to move his feet and put his hands up more than than previous. Yeah, and you know, I I think I'm going to do the I'm going to bring it back to guarding the four again where a lot of the modern fours in a pick and roll are just looking to sort of float out to the perimeter. So for yeah. him it's kind of like, "Oh, all right, well, I can like show a little bit and then not chase somebody to the basket." He was getting killed 
when big guys were rolling, and he had no idea how he was supposed to stay in between a point guard and a seven-footer going to the bucket. But, you know, trying to stay near like a 6'8 guy setting up for a three, that's a little bit easier for him. And if he screws up, it's not an easy shot that's coming. It's not a dunk. Right. So, yeah, I'm with you. And and the offensive side, he's been he's been outstanding. And yeah. I think everybody sort of figured he would have the easiest LeBron transition just because he's not a guy that needs to start with the basketball. I figured Josh Hart would probably also have some success in that role. Yeah. Um, and also, you know, everybody figured Ingram would be the long transition period one. So that stuff has kind of borne itself out. But I think Kuz has been even better than I had hoped for. I, I'm with yeah. you on that. That's that's a good ball in. How many other balls do you have to put in? <laughs> um, one other kind of unrelated ball, which is um, I just want to, you know, we're obviously we're both native Angelinos and, uh, you know, we're doing a Lakers podcast. So this is as L.A. centric as <laughs> as this gets. But... We were talking about Entourage before we came on air. Yes, we, we were uh, not positively. No, general. But um, I just want to acknowledge um, what the Lakers did. And obviously it's just it's just symbolic. Um, it's not going to actually prevent more gun violence. But the NBA has been really out in front um, encouraging their players to speak their minds and speak out on social issues um, and political issues. And I'm just really proud of LeBron and players in the league for, you know, not kind of taking the safe route of not speaking their minds. And, you know, the Lakers and the Hawks and the Clippers, and I forget who they played, the Bucks maybe, you know, all wore shirts with enough written on the front and then the name of all of the names of the victims yeah. in the Thousand Oaks uh, mass shooting. And I just think this is a really good development um, of seeing athletes, not just as athletes, but as citizens, because that's who they are. And um, I was proud. I was proud to be a Lakers fan. I'm proud to be an NBA fan. And uh just adding another voice to the chorus of I am proud to be someone who's um, anti-gun violence, who's believes that this is something we can do something about, but only if we get serious about uh, gun control. So that was my very unrelated ball in. Yeah. I thought it was nice that the, uh, the Hawks did it too. The, and you said the bucks, the opponents uh, kind of get involved in that, that same deal. And also nice that, uh, the victims got their names on the shirt instead yeah. of instead of just the the son of a whatever that is responsible for it because that's all anybody ever talks about is the the guy doing the horrible things and not the the poor families that are destroyed by the horrible thing. Um, yeah. well said. What do we got next on the docket? Hard segue, but we're taking it. Trailblazers. Yeah, there's no, there's no good segue. That yeah, it's our our week. Our friends who we see every week, the Portland Trailblazers. <laughs> I'm becoming How quite we familiar. Are we going to play them like 14 times this season? I wonder when this works. There's one more, right? When the hell's the last one? I'll find it. It's there's got to be one more. Hopefully, it's they'll give us some time because this is not the team you want to be playing right now. They're like the third best team in the league. At <laughs> You're not going to believe this, Eli. It's the last game of the season. Of course, because of course it is. Of course, because it is. of course they're going to make it at a time where both teams are going to need the game. Unbelievable. 
You play three times in the first 14 games, and then you don't play again until 82. That's hilarious. Unreal. Unbelievable. Um, yeah. But I don't, it's Wednesday, mm. right? Wednesday game? That is Wednesday. Um, that is going to be a very tough one. And then you got... What, is, what are they doing? Lakers, another Saturday, Sunday, back-to-back. The Miami Horn, whatever you want. They got uh, Orlando, Miami, Saturday, Sunday. A lot of Saturday, Sunday back-to-backs for this team. You got to figure that's just like a money thing. They're like, you know, it's a marquee organization. They can probably get huge dollars for... I mean, not like they're, not like they're, the Lakers are struggling as an organization to sell out <laughs> uh, weekday games. But I'm sure they can bump those prices up pretty significantly on Saturday and Sunday. So, it, you know, it makes sense. And it makes sense to tell the Clippers to go, uh, to go screw themselves. Yeah, go kick rocks. <laughs> Go on the road on the weekends because they ain't selling. Yeah, they're um, and this and I and you and I were texting about this too. I actually kind of like the Clippers this year. No, I like their actual team. I can't stand their franchise. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah, just a lot of like ragtag guys that are easy to root for. I I try to distance it from the like the Steve Ballmer. Well, at least they're not uh, Donald Sterling anymore, right? Right. So, at least they're not like horrible racists and anti semites. Yeah, but um. Yeah, I just I don't I don't Hooray. whatever. Yeah, whatever. I I don't want to spend one more minute talking about the Clippers than I have to. So it's possible just, that uh, that we will be talking about just one game the next time we convene on this podcast. It's conceivable. It is conceivable. I I hope so because it's hard to remember these things. <laughs> Unfortunately, I'm looking at Portland's. You're also uh, not sleeping. That's like, a very good point. Yeah, I'm looking at Portland's record. And they've won. So the bad news is uh, they've won seven of their last eight and they will be rested because they are doing the same thing as the Lakers. They, their last game was Sunday. Yeah. Uh, a win against Boston. Thank you, Portland. See? So uh, we're okay um, with them. Um, what's that? I said, so we're okay with them, basically. No, I'm I'm pleased with them. I have no beef with Portland. And I'm proud to say that the... Uh, one loss out of those last eight games is to the Lakers. Hey, now. There you go. So, there you go. They're a surprisingly good team. Good for Portland. They could have been hit with that stagnation syndrome that you see a lot of teams get when their roster doesn't change and they keep getting beat. Uh, but they, they've they come out guns blazing this year. Kudos to Terry Stotts. Kudos to Terry Stotts and kudos to... I feel like of the guys who are kind of winning the 2018-19 early NBA season, but aren't necessarily getting the love that they deserve. I think Damian Lillard has got to be right at the top. I've heard nothing. There's been actually a lot of like interesting stuff kind of about how good of a leader he is. There's been a lot of talk from kind of talking heads about how like no one around the league is like that. He's a really good teammate and a really good leader and he wants everyone to succeed. And, um sweet i like that yeah and it gives me some hope that maybe it it makes me feel good that he's also a an oft rumored uh (laughs) potential laker so and also he can bring that leadership here i hope your brain can handle this good news he's also a 94 percent foul shooter this year oh my god (laughs) i know i don't know how we beat that team up there when they could actually make that many free throws and and the lakers cannot uh, yeah. well, overall, we won't have to go back up there anymore because the next two are at home. Oh yeah, you're right. That's true, isn't it? 
uh last day of the regular season so we can do a preview of that one uh yeah on on, uh, on our next podcast uh i was wrong i'm sorry we no i'm right that is that is the last game of the season excuse me i, I was looking at the blazers schedule they play another one after the lakers but lakers are done at that point um yeah you know what okay overall here final thoughts i guess uh sure. we had a lot to we had a lot to take apart from particularly the atlantic game but if we write it off as a scheduling, a very difficult scheduling spot, you play an hour earlier because it's a Sunday game. Uh, you've got to travel late at night after it wasn't quite Portland to L.A. Sacramento is a quicker jaunt, but you know it's still there's a lot of emotion. It was a big game in Sacramento. You knew there was going to be sort of hyped up up there. It's not easy to get going again like that. And uh, and they and they found a way, albeit a, a screwy one, to actually get a win and get over 500. So. There's my optimistic final thoughts on all of this. A lot of things that I would change going forward, but I think they know that. Yes, we do. We, I think everyone at this point is very clear on what we uh, need to do. I'm gonna. Here's my final. My final thoughts. Well, who was it? Jerry Springer who did final thoughts. <laughs> I think it was. Yeah. <laughs> no, no better authority on uh, closing closing a thought perfectly. Um, a couple things. One, my prediction is we will no longer be under 500 for the rest of the season. That mm. is my prediction that we are done being under 500. Um, and part of the reason why I think that is because lost in the in the shuffle of all of the drama that has followed this team, um, especially with the Magic and Luke Walton thing, which I really feel like out of all of the things was the, had the potential to submarine the entire season before it really even started. Um, when we beat Sacramento, LeBron and Rondo, but particularly LeBron, cause that's by far the most important voice in our locker room went out of his way to comment on how good the game plan was from the coaching staff, that they had a perfect game plan set up and that they followed it. And that's why they won. And I just think that the fact that LeBron seems to have bought into Luke and is very publicly stating that is a really good sign of, of things to come. Oh, that's a cool quote. I didn't hear that one. That's what I'm here for. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent stuff. Excellent stuff. Sometimes you actually learn stuff from this podcast. Damn right you do. It's ball in, ball out. It's a hoop ball presentation. Your Lakers, your Lakers pod over at the Hoob. Uh, I'm trying to think of, I feel like I had one last thing I wanted to mention. Oh yeah. You were talking about not being under 500 Lakers, by the way, currently the eight seed in the Western conference. Look at us. Yeah. There we're, you go. We're coming for you. Golden state. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> we are, we are coming for you. Golden state. You'll why not? You'll... Why not just play, play them in the first round? I mean, if you're going to lose anyway, just throw some haymakers before they get in a rhythm. You know, who's not in the playoffs right now? The Houston. Wol- Houston, Minnesota, New Orleans, Utah, all out right now. And I, these, I mean, things are going to change. Uh, but oh, the- oh, 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 before we go, final, 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 final thought. All right, Jerry, what uh, you got? Because this, uh, you know, sometimes when you get a text and you're so outraged by the text that you lose your like filtration, your like Brita mind, uh, <laughs> Brita brain filtration system. Uh, I do. Yes, I I 
when that happens, I, I've gotten pretty good at stopping myself and like putting something away for a while and then coming back later. It's a tough move. <laughs> well, well, Dan, surprise, surprise. Uh, I am not good at that. Well, you're also yeah. not sleeping again. That that's You have the uh, excuse I wish right I now. could blame it on that. There's Unfortunately, there's a lifetime from uh, <laughs> shooting from the hip to... <laughs> Um, but so our friend, our mutual friends, you know, of all of my friends are often on these text chains and our, my friend and our friend, Nick Mark, a very good basketball player in his own right. Indeed. Texted all of us this morning. Um, of, uh, uh, the worst text you could possibly imagine waking up to, which is, should we get mellow? Oh God. And um, I'm not going to read you the entire no, text I, chain. No, I don't have enough sensors in my editing software to, to handle what I'm sure the response was. Oh, he actually said, do we want Carmelo? And I said, uh, F no, F no. How can you even say that? The <laughs> loudest F no possible. <laughs> I can't argue with you. I, I, no, just no, no, I'm not no. sure. I'm not sure there's a team that he works on if he doesn't work with Houston as a spot up shooter. I don't know. I don't know where he could go. Tanking teams aren't going to want to deal with it. Good teams don't have a place for it. I don't, I, I'm a little, I, I have the, uh, can I tell you, I have the perfect team for him. I think this is actually a exactly where he uh, needs to go. Um, the Shanghai, <laughs> whatever their team name is, yep. Shanghai Dragons, Mon- Shanghai Sharks. Um, because I just saw Jimmer Fredette scored seventy five. Yeah, seventy five. I saw that. Yeah. So that feels like You're Carmelo. Right. No defense. He can score forty five points a game and make a lot of money and sell a lot of shoes. So good luck. Uh, brush up on your Mandarin. Yeah, Carmelo. I mean, you're sort of only half joking though. I, I'm not even half joking. Yeah. I'm like 10% joking. There's not a spot for him in the NBA anymore. No. Nah. No, because if you're if you're a, a wizards a team with actual <laughs> aspirations, you don't want him because he seems to not fit with good teams. And if you're a young team who's trying to get better or trying to get worse, like if you're a young team who's trying to get better, he also doesn't fit because he's going to screw up your team and take minutes away from guys that you need to have play. And if he's, uh, you don't want him if you're trying to tank either because he may luck his way into 30 points. Yep. Yeah, I'd put him on the Wizards. That's my move. Make, just, just, just just as like a science experiment? Absolutely, yeah. I want him, I want him in a Petri like dish. Outbreak monkey? <laughs> I want to put him in like a biodome like with, with Stephen Baldwin <laughs> and, and the weasel and just see what happens. I think Stephen Baldwin would be a better <laughs> I think uh, would addition. Be. <laughs> Uh, well said. That's our that's our final final thoughts. I love it. Uh, he's Eli Bauman. I'm Dan Bespers. Eli, have a lovely week. I'll talk to you in a few days. You too, Dan. Enjoy uh, Shanghai, Mellow. So long, everybody. This has been a hoop ball presentation.